Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Annie Are You Okay podcast. I'm your host, Annie Holloway. I'm Oakley. And today we're going to dive in deep to some sensitive subjects. So buckle up, get ready because this shit's about to get heavy. Please understand that the show is not therapy and that we are not licensed psychologists, therapists, or life coaches. We are simply two moms who are walking down their own healing path. We believe in the power of connection to help unite and empower others who struggle with understanding mental health. Again, we are not professionals. We are just mental health advocates trying to spread awareness through our own experiences to help others feel less alone and to normalize the stigma around mental illness. If anyone you know or love is struggling and needs help, please contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. You can also message them from the website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Kind of a mouthful. Again, it's just suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Annie Are You Okay podcast. This is your host, Annie. This is Oakley. What up with it? So, how's it going, Oak? (laughs) That's a little bit of a loaded question. Um, Since we last convened uh, and we had Elle on the show, y'all, we... um, We got in an accident. We got in an accident. (laughs) Uh, We quickly made our little um, TikTok and then we got in the car and on our way home... uh, yeah, we just couldn't I, stop in time. Yeah, so I crashed. Um, it was like a, it was like a down, slight downhill. Mm-hmm. It had just rained. After this is my fault. Like I'm not gonna deny it. Yeah. Um, you know, I should have paid attention to the weather and understand. Um, I was, I was definitely somewhat distracted as there was passengers in my car that yeah, you know, we were I was all talking to. Yeah. Um, I just like. But you were like. No, no, like you tried to stop, and I remember the car was just not stopping. And I was you like, "Remember what that? The okay, because like I haven't yeah. even talked. We have not talked about the accident. No, dude, I remember. I remember because so. you were like, no, no, no. And then I, I thought we were dead. Like I was like, oh. And so I opened my eyes, and I was like, I was still like this, like with my arms over my face, like protecting myself. And I was like, okay, okay. And I look back, and <laughs> Elle's just got big eyes, and is like total fawn, total fawn, and is just like, I need to get out. And he got out and he the baby I know lock. I was trying to get the door <laughs> open and she had the lock on mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm in full blown. You yeah, know, you guys were doing adrenaline. the whole like pulling the door handle the same Okay, kind of so shit. yeah, let me describe this oh my God. scene for you. So I'm getting out of the car and I'm like, I feel like I got the wind knocked out of me times a million and I'm also in shock and all those, you know, things that happen immediately after you have a crash. Yeah. So like I'm trying to open the door, but I notice that her locks are and she's just like frantically yeah, pulling yeah, it. And yeah. I'm like, I can't I can't. and this you is know, how fast I'm talking. I, I remember could not speak. you were like, I can't open the door. And then I was like, Annie, open the door. And I, then like, you were like, couldn't I move. Can't. And then I was like, Ellie, stop. And then Ellie stops. <laughs> and then you I open the, the door. door. And then I was like, okay, get away from the vehicle. And then I just started directing traffic. <laughs> oh my god, it was so rough. So like what I remember last was looking at the light, seeing it's red, hitting my brakes, knowing, noticing that I'm not able to stop. Oh yeah, no, I remember seeing the light and then being like, oh shit, we got stopped. This is going to be a hard one. Like I thought we were going to do the, you know, yeah. back and, and forth. And then instead, no, we just kept going. No, I felt my car slide. 
I didn't feel that. I just saw I us felt keep it going. Slide. I was like, oh. So after I hit the brakes, I felt it like after I realized we weren't stopping, it slid. And then that's when we hit him. Yeah. So we might have not hit them as hard if we didn't slid, slide right, into right. him so fast. But unfortunately, that was not our circumstance. And the last thing I remember seeing, saying was holding my arms out straight to the wheel because I was bracing myself and saying, we're going to fucking crash. Like, I remember that was the last thing I said. We're going to tr- we're going to hit or something like that. We're going to. I just remember the no, no, no. And then like, after no. the last no, I like my my brain was like, be gone. And then it was like, OK, open up. And I was like, OK, OK. It was all in slow motion to me. The airbag opened in front of my face. I know it didn't hit me because my arms. I leaned back. I remember like like mm-hmm. directing my face away from it. Um, the airbag underneath my steering wheel hit me in the leg, got me pretty bad. I had See, a big I think bruise. you saw it like one to two seconds before I did. Because I think I really yeah, just saw like the light as we were sliding. Into, yeah. And then I was like, like, I'm surprised I got my hands oh, I definitely above saw it my first because face. I was driving. Yeah. And I knew I hit my face with my hands because I <sighs> like that. And I was it like, was... I kind of broke my nose. <laughs> so like shortly after, I mean after the adrenaline of just like trying to stay calm because like that's what i noticed about my body is i was trying to react but i couldn't move my body oh yeah like my body was like no you're fucking staying still and i had literally a week earlier gotten hit by a car yeah so this is great and so my leg was just twitching like it was just going like i my body wanted home just because your leg was hurt yeah so it just really sucked and it was it was highly traumatic because, again, if I T-boned these people. Who are I, all okay, by the way. all okay. Thank but goodness. I just carried a lot of, I mean, we'll get into that, but I carry a lot of trauma. Oh, yeah, dude. That, and that guilt. Hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to let go of. If it makes you feel better, when I first got my license, I I hit a person on a bike, but um, they <laughs> so didn't. So that's why you got hit on a bike. <laughs> yeah, that's it was karma. It was pure karma. Um oh, hot. <laughs> But, like, I grazed them because we were both making a right turn. So, like, my car just kind of, like, bumped the girl. And the girl, like, went, oh. And then she fell on the car. And she was like, yeah, no, you guys just, like, guided me. And then I got <laughs> back onto my bike. And, I, and she's like, I literally, like, she's like, you, you guys literally just bumped my handlebars. And I lost balance. And I'm like, I didn't hit you. And she goes, your car did not touch my body. And I was like, she's like, well, after until I fell onto it. And I was like, okay, that's, then you're good. You're all right. Yeah. Uh, I carried that for so long. And Ellie used to bring it up all the time and be like, I remember when you hit the bicyclist. Oh, man. And now I'm like, yes, I remember all the time. As out. a bicyclist, I've been hit by a car too. So it's not Oof, rough it, out there. Yeah, I'm not going to be a cyclist anymore. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's dig into some stuff. So yeah, we I mean like obviously car accidents fall right under um right under the category of trauma. So I yeah. kind of want to recap trauma today. Um not fully, but just generally. Yeah. Um so what is trauma? Well, trauma by definition is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And now what I experience after that trauma is PTSD and mm-hmm. PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. Um, my voice goes up sometimes. <laughs> a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after uh, experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. So, yeah. um, fuck, dude. The, tr- the PTSD after an accident, like, full-blown, I wasn't even done with adrenaline until, like, two or three days after. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I was still shaking for five days. Oh. And it was like, I was just really scared. Like, I've never felt like... I didn't... The one thing about the accident that I thought was really weird was, like, I wasn't afraid of dying. I wasn't afraid of death. No. My yeah. biggest fear when that thing happened was, oh, my fucking God, this is going to ruin my life. Yeah, my biggest fear was that... You, like when I opened my eyes, I was like, "Oh, I'm alive, cool." <laughs> um, like literally the thoughts, "Oh, I'm alive, cool." And then I went, "Ellie," immediately. Yeah. Um, immediately was like, "Ellie, gotta take care of Ellie. Gotta make sure they're okay. Gotta get them out." And then I looked over and was like, "Is Annie alive?" <laughs> and then you were like, "No," like, "Oh, uh, uh. I, no." I said, "Call nine one one." Yeah, you said call nine one one. I was like, "Okay, I'm already doing it." <sighs> And I'm just like, I need to get out in case there's a fire. Because there was just so much smoke Smoke. with airbags. People don't realize there's so much smoke. And it makes it seem like there's a fire. Well, and honestly, it gets you out of the car. It gets you out of the car quicker, which is like the best case scenario. That's the thing you're supposed to do. Um, Just get out of the vehicle. I think what really happened after all that, though, like once I was able to sit down and Ellie came over and was like, do you want to talk to Dylan? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And like, oh, Ellie was on I it. Spoke, Ellie with both of us was like, do you want to talk to Dylan? Do you want to talk to Tristan? Is everything okay? And then I was like, she was really high functioning okay. in that situation. And I was oh, yeah. so fucking appreciative because I was extremely distressed. Oh, yeah. Like I full blown had a panic attack. I definitely like felt hyperventilate, like I hyperventilated a little bit. And then like, once I got on the phone with Dylan, I immediately just lost it. I, I started bawling. I started feeling like, oh my God, this really did happen. Like yeah. it all clicked. And then it just got worse from there. Until... You know what I think it is? I think the high functionality in those situations is from us having so many kids and going to the emergency room so often and having like situations like someone got hit by the four wheeler, someone fell off the motorcycle, so, like, you know, Skylar broke his arm again. Like, all these things always happened when we were kids, and it was like, you know, our parents didn't deal with stress very I well. No, that didn't happen to me very much. It <laughs> happened to us a lot, to where we were like, we have a bedpan with our name on it. Like, yeah, <laughs> you have a whole clan. Yeah, huge clan. Uh, yeah, it was just fuck, dude. Like, the process of that trauma was made extremely more manageable because of you two. Like, no, fuck, seriously, you need to understand that you being there and playing the role you did in that part of my life was very essential in getting me through the trauma and healing from that trauma. Because, like, I sit here today and I, I had a great fucking week and I have a shitty fucking situation on my hands, but I don't care. I'm a good, happy hearted whole person. And also, yeah, I'm alive. I think there's a part of me that like when I went back after the accident, when you go home, you immediately feel grateful for everything you oh, have. Yeah. And then like when I went back to work, I felt so fucking grateful. And then it started to sink in and I was like, I'm allowed to not love things but be grateful for them yeah oh yeah and feelings can be so much more complicated than we were raised to like be allowed to express them yeah um and it's uh it's a weird one like understanding uh like that's a big loss and like i understood like having lost a ve- several vehicles myself <laughs> i was like that was a fucking loss and then when you were like that was the car i brought my baby in like, yeah in. i was that like was hard i was like Oh, bro. Like that broke my heart. And I was like, I understand that. That's it's a lot of things. That's it's hard. You know what, though? Like 
processing all of this, I've really come to terms with like, this was like the last thing I had in my life that I did with my dad that I didn't do fully by myself. Granted, he loaned me the money and I paid him back. I didn't have interest loans or interest fees or anything like that. But there's still a tie. But there's still a tie. And um, I got to dig into some more shit that happened after the accident. So I call my grandmother like the next day and I tell her what happens because Mm -hmm. I'm obviously going to ask for money. (laughs) And um, you you have a situation where your grandma is like wanting to help you and things like that. Like she's very much a part of your life. She's super helpful. (laughs) This is not BPD people using our manipulative powers for evil. This is like a set thing. You know, they're very well off and they have helped me in the past. I'm sorry for the sound. I'm just really hot and I'm going to tell you why later. So hold on. (laughs) Um, So I call her and she's like, oh my God, did you tell your dad? And I'm like, no, why would I tell him? He has, he literally has my fucking phone number blocked. And she's like, doesn't pay attention to the sick fact that you're asking me why I haven't contacted somebody who has deliberately blocked my fucking phone number who's my dad no she skips on to say oh well I'll call him and he'll call you Mm, hangs up the phone and I'm like I sit there and I'm like if he offers money then I'll take it but other than that I'm not fucking with this dude so I get on (laughs) the phone with him and he fucking narcissistically finds a way to manipulate me into talking about my life and then immediately is like if you want money you have to apologize to my wife for everything you did to her (laughs) and says it just like that and i'm like i didn't fucking do anything to her except for be myself around her and if that was offensive that's a her problem not a me problem also i am literally never going to speak to her again you need to understand this it'll never change on the phone he agreed sends me an email the next day no, this is the new terms for our relationship. Fuck you, motherfucker. What's you want to sit there and fucking put fucking rule books hey, on dad, top of your You don't get to kid? make any you don't get to make any negotiations, motherfucker. You you want either, a relationship with me? Yeah. You need to accept my offer or fucking leave and stop contacting me. And that's what I told him. He sent a birthday card with fucking grandma fucking bitch face whatever my step monster signed it and i'm like you're not going to be sending birthday cards to my fucking son you're not going to be trying to make a way into my son's life after i told you to leave i will go to prison if it means you don't get a chance to know my son because you're not a safe fucking person you literally tried to get me to lose my job you tried me to get me to fucking do all these horrible things with my life and now you won't even fucking leave me alone i just got in a car accident and literally i'm just like if you can't help me get the fuck out of my life yeah if you're not here for support and I'm he's like you're such a fucking greedy person i'm like yeah i'm greedy cool whatever goodbye yeah, see okay. you next tuesday um so that just added to my trauma experience and tickled my bpd and you know it just got to me and i ended up responding in <laughs> like an email said that tickled my bpd i'm like oh and that's exactly you know I mean? the situation with my cousin so i responded to his email and i was like look i have nothing to apologize for but if your wife wants to start apologizing for shit here's a list here's a, of, we can start uh, here. no yeah. i listed 100 fucking abusive things she did to me to try and hurt me or ruin my life and she can start apologizing I'm not listening, but she can start apologizing whenever she wants. That is great. And yeah, it's probably not super healthy for me to do that. <laughs> but, but 
I'm, I'm over here watching out for myself. I'm not fucking watching out for them. Yeah. And they're the ones that try to fuck come in my life and tell me how to live it. I'm not the ones that go to their life. I'm literally leaving them alone. Yeah. So well, we, we talk about like our childhood I sound like on a the cunt. show. It's maybe because I fucking feel like it. Well, <laughs> and it's all valid. I was going to say it like, you know, we talk about our childlike self, you know, and how we're trying to like heal them. Um, but then also we have like our BPD, which is kind of like our teenage like self where yeah. we're just vindictive or manipulative. We don't care. Um, and I think instead of like we're trying to heal them, we're trying to grow them. Our yeah, you're inner child, we're trying to, trying to heal. We're trying to get our BPD, our teenager years, to catch up to us where we are now. I what don't we know. Want. I think for me, I haven't told you this, but I've talked about it theoretically with like my sister and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that my inner child isn't hurt. In fact, she never was because I had to heal that shit. I had a very traumatic childhood. It was very clear to everyone around me that I had to heal that. So I worked on that. And it may not have been perfectly healed. But I think what I'm healing now is my inner teenager because that the the amount of trauma that I went through with my stepmom happened when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, And she's fucking mad. And that's why she's fucking crazy. And I feel you because, like, you said teenager. And I'm like, there's... I see it on TikTok all the time, healing my teen inner teenager, not my yeah. inner child. And I think there's something to be said about that because I'm definitely still working on my inner weird... child. I'm still trying to like yeah, work on the I, person I, I was <laughs> when I was a little kid and You'll I felt get to comfortable your inner and safe. Yeah. And then I'll be a lot, but it'll be, it'll be worth it. So yeah, but you'll have your inner child to go with you. That's true. And That's, I'll be it'll cognizant. Be, it'll of be it. a piece of, it'll give you peace. Like I have that because like, when I got pregnant and I like immediately got mad at my mom for just like not being a more a better mom. Yeah. Like more present, more available, more, more yeah. of a mother. And I was um, just terrified of my mom. I was no, like, I'm you totally like over doing that now. this? <laughs> I'm over that now because I can look at my mom, see the type of trauma that she experienced, know how much she does love me, see how much she does try and accept her. And I can accept her. And my sister has a harder time with that. And she is older. She has more life experience with her. So I'm not going to argue. But, you know, I do have a time limit with my mother because I can't fucking stand her after like two hours. (laughs) She starts talking about herself. That's that's another thing. (laughs) Healing looks like something different for everyone. Um, And I'm starting to realize my healing journey is more or less looking like just being away from my family because I love them. But I start falling back into behaviors that are not beneficial for me and that lead me down the road that get me into like sticky situations where I'm about to have like a breakdown. I feel you. And I'm like, I need to protect myself. And like protecting myself means I don't go visit people down shady paths. I'm not going to go do it. Like even if they're not on shady paths, but they're just not aligned with you. Don't go down it. Yeah. You're just going to waste time and your life and your your time here is finite. Yeah. You, you really, and like that really clicked into me once I turned 30 for some reason, because, oh, I don't know. We're, global pandemic happened yeah. immediately after I turned 30. Well, so. and the stigma <laughs> against women, like women are not allowed to age like at all. Like, oh yeah. So. And like, I was alone and I wanted to, to like, I was worried I wasn't going to find a partner. I was worried that I was ever going to have kids. And I really, really like having kids is probably above getting married or having a partner for me. I thought that. And then I had kids and it you know, I had Sylvie and it was so traumatic (laughs) that like, 
I don't even know if it was a ready thing because like we were we were pretty ready. I was pretty set. I pretty I pretty much understood what was going on. And a lot of my issues with postpartum were like I was just alone and that triggered my BPD. So yeah. if I wasn't alone, I honestly think it would have been a lot different. I can't imagine untreated, unmanaged BPD early without motherhood. a partner. Early motherhood without a partner, full yeah. postpartum. Yeah. Um, I don't really I know, know how I made it. I felt like with a lot of support. Yeah. And it was almost enough to kill me. <laughs> like, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, so I have some interesting facts I wanted to bring up. Um, so like in the United States, trauma is the leading cause of death for individuals up to eight or up to the age of 45 years. Um, so this is all sorts of trauma. This is not just like psychological trauma, but this is all all kinds of trauma physical etc uh there are forty thousand homicides and suicide deaths in each year in the united states oof yeah and then imagine how many of those cause trauma to people that cause them to commit yeah, suicide how many of those feed into the or to murder it's just like exponential it's a psych it just spins it's ex- it's literally exponential um there were over 30,000 suicides in U- in the U.S. in 2001. Wow, that's fucking ridiculous. Um, I have, like, all this fact sheets and stuff on the info for this episode. But uh, there were 43, almost 44,000... Oh, I lost my spot. Almost 44,000 deaths and 2.7 million injuries from motor vehicle crashes in 2005 and i just think well yeah like think about how easy it is to get in a car accident and like that can happen to fucking literally anyone and that can put you in a totally that's been one of the greatest things i've used to get over fears of mine is like i used to be scared of like being in the deep ocean and then i thought about it and i was like how likely is it that a monster or a shark is gonna get me versus every day i get in a car and even with my seatbelt on i am a thousand times more likely to die that day than to ever in my life come in contact with the right? creature of the sea ever. And that's why I'm like, that's insane. Like exponentially hundreds of thousands of people have died more often than anyone has even gotten to touch a shark yeah. or a deep sea creature. Yeah. That's where I'm like, what? It's, so- it's scary because like, <laughs> We've made cars extremely safe now. Oh, yeah. Um, the problem is that, like, not everybody drives new cars. Safe. Yeah. Well, and not everyone drives safe. And, yeah. So, it's it's all fucking... It's all a big mess. Uh, road traffic kills 1.2 million people annually around the world. Uh, 90% of these deaths are in low or middle income countries. Mm. Yeah, where they don't have a lot of lights and stops yeah. and stuff like that. Like, that's and people are like, oh, crazy. they just figure out how it works. I'm like, no, no, no. That's what you get to see in the 10-second no clip. to drive down. You just drive down the road. And then everyone's walking, too, and whatnot. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, chaos. And if someone gets ran over, like, no one cares. They just get oh, ran into the dirt. That's an estimated cost of $518 billion globally. Oh, my God. In, like, damage? In just total cost. I, I will look up this report and follow up but i'm pretty sure it's just total for like hospital and damages that's insane i don't think that necessarily includes mental health all costs well probably not well because when people think of car accidents and when they do statistics for car accidents it's It's, typically bodily yeah and um you know property damage yeah uh 
predicted to become the third largest contributor to the burden of disease by 2020. Traffic? Or trauma. No, I don't know. What the fuck is that? I must have deleted something. I didn't read it right. <laughs> My bad. Um, let me scan through this. All right. <clears throat> so, do you know anything about TBI? Traumatic brain injury? Uh, yeah, I know a little bit about it. Um, I helped... I help take care of a lot of people with uh, traumatic brain injuries and traumatic spine injuries, um, mostly spinal injuries. Um, but a lot of time with spinal injuries, you get traumatic brain injuries as well. Um, so my uncle, he passed away three or f- four years ago because that's how I bought my car <laughs> uh, before it crashed it. Um, he passed away, but he he had a TBI. Mm. Um and so, like, I grew up around him. He also had a spinal mm. uh, issue. So he was incapable of walking. He could s- extend his legs, but that was the extent of it. He couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't control his muscle spasms, couldn't feed himself. Um, so I grew up like that. Like, I just, like, that was the best thing for me. Watching my grandmother take care of... That was the best thing for me, was learning how to take care of people like yeah. that. Like, doing that really young, too. Like and I'm didn't... not saying so that I know how to do it. I'm saying so that I know how to care about people. Yeah. No, for real. Uh, you learn how these people go through life and, like, every day. And it's just, like... And then you understand, like... not You don't... You understand you don't understand. Yeah. You understand how much you do not connect. Well, watching my mo- my grandmother, okay, so my my uncle lived in a care facility full time, mm-hmm. but my grandmother would definitely take him home on the weekends yeah. for the day and then yeah. take him home. And so like w- when she do that, she would like pick him up, she'd get him out of his wheelchair and he'd mm-hmm. extend his legs and then she'd swing my grandmother's tiny. My <laughs> uncle was 6-4 and huge as fuck. So she would swing his big ass into his bed and then put him up and just the way that she would care for him and the look in her eyes, I just, I love her so much for teaching me that. Like, That's you awesome. you can't, you can't put that out into words, that the touch and the, the softness and the kindness and the honest to God, true love that she has for her kid. Like, and when he passed away, I'd never seen anyone more distraught mm. because you lost a child. You yeah, know you're not I mean? supposed to bury your children. There, we had no idea he, like, first of all, anybody with a TBI doesn't have a very long life. It doesn't have a full life, life expectancy. expectancy. Yeah. Um, and now that he is bed bound and he has a spinal injury and he can't move, his life expectancy went much lower. But he died way before his life expectancy. Um, and so it was just really hard. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, my grandmother went over there, went just on a normal schedule to go check on him and say hey right before she was going to go shopping and found him. Oh. So, yeah, TBIs. Let's talk about them. Traumatic brain injury is the single largest cause to the death from injury in the United States. So if you sustain a traumatic brain injury, you are more than likely going to die. Yes. Um it's sad, but it's it's simply because your brain isn't going to be able to survive like yeah. that for very long. Yeah. Um, one hundred one million people with TBI. Uh, sorry, two hundred and th- what? Okay, so let me reread this again. Traumatic brain injury is the single largest cause of death from injury in the United States. One million people with TBI per year. In the U.S., two two hundred and thirty. What this? 
I didn't I did something in my notes today and they don't make sense. I think I was following. It's like saying how many people comparatively to what like happened? other injuries. Yeah. So basically traumatic brain injury happens a fucking lot. Um, and there are over 5 million people in the United States living with disability or living with disability from TBI at an estimated cost of three, 37.8 billion per year. Like, that's just in this country. Yeah. 37 billion, almost $38 billion a year to take care of people with TBI caused from physical trauma. I'm to, not talking to, about... To minorly take care of these people. Yeah, like, so just keep them alive most of the time. Unless you have private insurance that helps you out. But most of these people, in my experience, having taken care of them, the care you get is to be kept alive and to have bodily function as much as you can, everything else is pretty much up to you. Um, which is so hard for a lot of people because there are a lot of people that sustain TBIs or uh, spinal injuries and they have hope through years and, and you know, rigorous, I would say rigorous uh, treatment, right? You know, going to physical therapy. But what is covered for them isn't that stuff. That's extra. Yeah. Being able to walk again is extra. Even if you, your doctor's like, yeah, there's there's literally an 80% chance that your spine could heal if you start doing these things. You ain't getting it if you're on OHP, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they're talking about as far as the, the margin that they're spending is like that subsidized government shit. Uh, unless you're coming from a different source. Um, I think it was, or it was just nationally. So yeah. it's probably not. But it's still an an alarming number because you think about how expensive it is to take care of people full time. But then you think about like my uncle, for example, he needed a feeding tube. Mm-hmm. He needed to be changed. He needed to be, you know, showered round he the clock, be, round the clock fucking care. It was so expensive. And luckily for them, they actually ended up winning. My grandparents ended up uh, getting a settlement from the hospital because trigger warning, um, after his accident on his motorcycle, he thought he was dreaming and he opened the window of a 14th story window and then jumped out. And that's why he has a TBI and a spinal injury. It was because the hospital didn't secure him enough. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it was so traumatic to my family. And this all happened before I was born. So I like grew up uh. in this world that like people were just shook. This literally happened right before I was born. Oh. Uh. So given the idea and understanding and information that we all know about generational trauma, I kind of get why my life is messed up. If you just take that piece alone, my parents were messed up. That was my mom's best friend. Also, that's how my dad and my mom met was my uncle. Um, so it was really hard on them both. That sucks. And yeah, then I was born. Hey, (laughs) bad timing. (laughs) Anyway. Moving along here. Um, so, yeah, like trauma is a really big deal, whether it's physiological or phys- physical or whatever the word physical is. Physical or physiological. Or physiological or, you know, even psychological. Because we talk about our past psychological traumas growing up as kid. And you know what I realized why I fucking constantly tell myself that I'm 32 years old? Why? I realize it because my other constant thought that I've been trying to subconsciously trying to not think is I want to go home. My, oh my inner God. child. I 
That is my... I want to go home. Do you know why? I realize why I always think that. Because you never felt like you had a home? Never felt like you were safe? Well, yes. Or you felt like you were taken from your home? mostly, my most significant trauma in my life was when I didn't get to go back home. When my dad was like, you don't get to see your friends again. Just so... He was so evil the way he did it, too. And I was just a 10-year-old little girl. And he's like, your mom's a fucking terrible person. You're never going to see that fucking bitch again. And just like... Things you should never say to your child. You're never going to grow up. And yeah, and like, I just remember bawling my eyes out, screaming and hitting myself. And I didn't even realize I had that memory until just like a few days ago. It just like hit me and I was like, I remember the mattress and I remember me punching myself. And that was the first time I hurt myself. That was the first time I ever self-harmed. I was 10 fucking years old and I thought it was my fault. And the reason that I want to go home and I think that stupid thought 400 million times a day, whether I'm at work or the grocery store or in my car is because of them, mostly him. I used to think I want to go home while I was still at home. And my parents would be like, what do you mean? I'd be bawling. And I remember I was, this is like a, a very early memory. You, being you probably wanted to feel safe. Yes. I wanted to go home because my mom always told me home, you know, the story home is with me. Home is with us. Home is where we're safe. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you got to read that book when you were kids. Home is where you're safe. That's for sure. But that home was is not. That was like what you what we grew up with. And I just always like, I just want to go home. And you yeah. know what's funny? I never said that when I was with my mom's best friend at her house, the neighbor right across mm-hmm. the street. I'd say I'm I'm home. And it's because in their house. You felt safe. I felt safe. I knew that no one was going to yell at me for dropping it. I broke a, a, a dish of theirs one time. And I like. Like, my neighbor was like, your child turned as white as a sheet. And I was like, yeah, because I thought you were going to, like, trip, like, beat my head in and then drag me over to my mom's by my hair. Because that's what I thought my mom would do. Even though my parents never hit, like, hurt me that bad, at least I can remember. Like, well, when you're a child who gets abused and then the abuse kind of progressively gets worse, you flinch because you think it might hurt yeah <laughs> and that's that's because it's a it's excessive no. and like even if it's not if you get hit you're gonna flinch if somebody if something happens well, and that's a trigger when i was a kid i got to the point that Fair i didn't warning. i didn't flinch i would just i would be like yeah hit me um, and so i was so disassociating with what was going on that now like i have a lot of memories of like the trauma that i went through but oof. i don't remember what it felt like at <sighs> all so that's what i'm dealing with is like my I can't remember. Like I wish I could have that experience versus the one I had because I could only feel and not know. See, I yeah, the, I, I get the, I get waves of that where I'm like I feel this thing but I don't know what it is, and then I will immediately not feel anything. I'll get super sweaty. My heart will stop pounding. I get, pause. I gotta pee. Wait, no, finish. I was gonna like my heart <laughs> will pound. Like I, I get sweaty, and then it like everything in my head stops. Like all this, all the the voices like my voices and you dissociate a little i completely dissociate and i feel that t- i feel so tiny and oh, yeah. i you're feel about like laughy like my brain or my soul is like laffy taffy and it's coming up behind my head and watching me like i'm way out there while i'm trying if to remember <laughs> what 
it felt like to go through my parents screaming at me for six hours as like an eight year old kid to the point where I started throwing up. And then they told me, stop lying. Stop acting like that. Uh-huh. We know you're fool. We know you're you're faking it. It's so sad, too, because like when you think about it, your parents were suffering so much, too. But they're. But their, their actions are inexcusable. No, no, yeah. no. The way their way of dealing with it was to abuse you, yeah. which is completely fucking wrong. But it's sad too yeah. because oh yeah, you're actually fucking hurt, dude. And what are you gonna do? Hurt someone else? A child too. Your yeah, own child. It, you know what? The more now that I'm a mom, the more I see it, and oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, because we were talking I can about this see before how recording. Easy it can be. But then also, like, for me, like, it it just kind of reinforces, like, you guys taught me to be who I am today. Or maybe I taught my fucking self. But, like, I hold my parents to whatever expectation I have in my head. I hold them to that impossible expectation that they put in my head. Because they put it there. Pause. Hello? Hello. Oh, we're good. Yeah. So anyway, we're moving along here. Annie went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. We're all good. So I guess we can like move along here and start wrapping up. I wanted to talk about my can't. Okay. First, we're going to do mantras. Okay. So we have a new segment that we're going to introduce here. Introduced. Introduced. Um, mantras to manifest to. So as you can tell, <laughs> I have rearranged my room. I like that. Um, I, I have, really like that. That's I've gotten cute. like a lot more fucking crystals and uh i've got a, a couple of books on chakra healing and crystals just i'm gonna like, get you a crystal map so you can start charging them specifically for your intentions dope. i would love that anything crystal related i would adore um so yeah like i've been like fucking meditating a lot more i've been meditating with my crystals and i've been learning how to clean them and it's just yeah. such a fun hobby yeah <laughs> and then also it's just like it it's a healing hobby. It is. It so, totally is. I got some sage over there. I mean, I've just been, I've been really focused on that. So I was like meditating and one, the first time I meditated with my crystals and I was like, okay, well I want, I just want to have a good day at work because it's so hard to get through the work day for some fucking reason. Yeah. I'm always a clock watcher and going to work Monday and I'm like, man, I feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just had a good ass day and I'm like, woo, working hard, work's getting done. And then like two or three people came up to me and was like, it's a good ass Monday, ain't it? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, crystals, you're welcome. <laughs> Cause I swear to God. And then the same thing happened with my sister. And so like I gave her a bunch of, well, not the same thing, but a bad situation happened with my sister. So I gave her a bunch of crystals and then the situation fixed itself. So I'm, I'm a believer. Call me a kooky cat lady. I don't fucking care. I believe that we all are more powerful than believed. Um, I have a lot of, you know, like religious uh, trauma, but also like a lot of religious beliefs that are bound in more like spirituality rather than religion. Right. Um, And I honestly believe that like we are the creators of our own reality more so than that we believe and that energies interact with each other. I'm talking about electromagnetic forces here. As po- that's what your energy field is. Your aura. Your aura. Yeah. Your electromagnetic field that everything emits because everything has an electromagnetic uh, pulse or connectivity or I don't something know. Something like that. Something like that, you know? I don't know it either. Um, we'll get a smart person on here eventually <laughs> we'll, and they'll we'll get make a the crystal words. expert. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I believe that like you can set the intention and that can change your, your vibration or the amount of, uh, 
connectivity that your magnetic field, your aura has with these other yeah. things, special things from the it's earth. It's all about intention. Oh, yeah. Because if you live life just like letting things happen to you, you're going to end up miserable. Yeah. Um, You got to live with intention, but don't live with expectation as well. Because like oh, yeah. expectation's a tough one. I was living with expectation before the pandemic because I had so much control in my life. I was single. I could do whatever I want. I, you know, I had a roommate split and half the bills with whatever. I just like fucking... I wasn't living with intention. I was just li- living yeah. in like, what can I do yeah. with my life right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a mantra that I want to put up here. I'm not going to use like words, just one word. I'm going to use like phrases. Yeah. Um, so today's mantra to medit or sorry, today's mantra to manifest to is mental health is not a destination, but it's a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. That's the most important thing is like, you got to remember that it's not, oh, I'm on my way to therapy. I'm healed. It's, oh, I'm on my way to therapy. This is the beginning. Yeah, this is the work. This is step one. Oh, um, we almost made it a whole episode. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> okay. I fucking sneeze or something, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, like, I want you guys to think about that because it's important to remember that our healing journeys are not going to be resolved overnight or Mm -hmm. even in a month or Mm -hmm. a day it's it's actually a lifelong process as we grow and change and having a toolkit is an essential need see like i feel more confident moving on in the future because i have a toolkit to get me you know when my brain gets a flat tire um we take this or we do that yeah and i know how to take better care of that but it's still like, you know, I got in a car accident. That was a fucking throw for a fucking loop. Yeah. And I didn't know how I was going to come out of it. I really didn't. I thought I was a phony. I was like, this is going to destroy my life. And everyone's going to know that I'm not sane. And I'm like, holy shit, look at me. Totally sane and okay. I'm yeah. actually cracking jokes and having fun at work, like, literally a week after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's working. <laughs> Therapy and, and medication. It's 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 working. I think it's working. Anyway. I got a mantra for you. All right, go ahead. Before there can be fullness, there has to be an emptiness to fill. Ah, yes. And that is, I, I always like looking on the negative side. For, I'm just like one of those people that kind of like look on the negatives to be able to worthy the positive, if that makes sense. So like for me, it's, it's like. contrast. Yeah, it's contrast. Um, For me to understand if I want my life to be so filled with great things. You can only fill it as big as there's a hole. I also really liked, I think I wrote it down. And I got a pretty big hole. <laughs> if the voice in your own head says to you that you suck, I desperately need you to know that someone put that voice in your head. Oh, yeah. And the reason why that's a quote and why that people resonate with that is because 99.9% of the time, emotionally, psychologically, and mentally, what we respond to the world as is based off of who hurt us. Yeah. And so who put that in your head is someone who hurt you, who you trusted. And you I, need to know that. I would love not to see accept that. a study on people who live like in more like uh, base communities, like more 
more, you know, not Western communities where we have all these like rules and all these like ideas of what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to follow and how we're supposed to fit in these cookie cutters, like more, you know, just kind of like, I want to say tribal, but also like, I kind of feel weird saying that, but more just like basic sort of communities and how they interact with each other. And I wonder if in those communities, like, do people, are people harder on themselves than I they are like in Western more communities? Because I don't feel like you are. No, I actually feel like there's probably more suppression because there's less, there's less people. Like there's less diversity. So mm. there's more opportunity to push people into the lane. The, I see that. I, I see yeah. that because I've lived in fucking small towns. I guess I mean <laughs> le- not like not Western. Like like uh Okay, not Western trying to idolize. But like everything in the world is fucking anti feminist, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, but like that it's the weird one because like there are there are communities like in the Congo and stuff where they're like, Yeah, no, it's it's not like <laughs> Based on what we have as, you know, like rights, right, that we have written down and shit, these these women have none, but their happiness is much higher, which is very interesting. And it has to go with the cultural, like, expectations and the norms that they have in their social system. I wonder like, how happy thing. they are, though. Like, to well, me... Well, yeah, how do you measure that? <laughs> how do you, you measure can't. that? You can't. You can't. Only an individual can actually try but they may not even give you the real answer. So like, I think that the point of life and I, I actually had a conversation with Dylan and realized that I'm a fucking atheist. Um, (laughs) I think the point of life is to enjoy it and to deal with it as best you can. Yeah. It's an experience. It's going to have a lot more work than fun, but the fun if you do it the right way, if you if you live life a healthy way and a full way, um, in an inclusive way, you will you won't have you won't sweat the car accident because I didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking sucks. I gotta buy a new car. I paid that car off in less than a year. I worked so fucking hard to pay that car off, and then like yeah, I fucking crashed it and whatever. But guess what? I'm getting a brand new car and everything's fine. And, and not to say another to grow. car accident might happen. Now you know, like, well, I can deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, honestly, because I never had a car accident before. And so, like, it was, it was probably way more amped up in my brain, you know, way more romanticized in my brain to be so much more scary than it was because I, I you know, I valued it yeah. way too much. And I think that's the thing. And it wasn't that I valued it because I liked my fancy car. I valued oh, it no. because it got me to point A. I could go anywhere I wanted. You worked really hard for I that vehicle. I worked very hard for it and then immediately drove it all over the fucking west coast of yeah. America. And I mean, like, well, I did was so, so much. Quick. It was taken. Yeah. And it was taken in so fast. And it's just it's just an experience, though. Like, you got to remember, it's not... I knew I wasn't going to have a car forever. Like, you know what I mean? But I I really genuinely feel like at this point, yeah, I'm going to have to finance out a little bit more. Um, Whatever. It's I'm going to survive. A spade's a fucking spade. You know, all I see now is not what I don't have, but rather I see a lot more of what I do have and what I can do with that. Yeah. When you focus on what you can do versus what you can't do. You get so much more done. Dude, I had no idea. And it sounds silly, but it's like, no, for real. Like, when you really make yourself stop and be like, no, we're not going to think about all these things I literally have no control over. Dude, 
and yeah, focus gonna, on what I do have control over, you're so much happier. I'm going to fucking blow your mind here. So I don't, I don't know if you realize this, but cars, we can't really make a whole lot of them right now. So they went up in mm-hmm. price. Yes. <sighs> Drink some water here. Um, <laughs> so I immediately panicked when I saw that. And I was like, my car on KBB only really shows up as 15 grand. And I'm like, fuck, I can't buy anything like that for $15,000. Yeah. Then my insurance finally calls me back. I bought my car four years ago with like just a fucking few thousand miles on it for 18000 And I got a check from my insurance four years later after I crashed it with 78,000 miles for nineteen. Nice. <laughs> I was like, what, what, did, I'm sorry. And I didn't know. Like I had, I'm so sorry. Dude, that's the I universe telling the you, news. you don't need this last little thing that ties you. You don't need that. It, mm-hmm. it undid that little bow for you. Mm-hmm. And was like, this was the last one. So when I realized that, and I was like, oh, I can get like a little bit of an upgrade because I feel like at this point I want to get the car that I wanted to get when I bought that one because I couldn't afford it. Well, now you're also at the point where you're like, I can upgrade my life. I don't need that person. I don't need these people. I well, have my family. I got me. I got my support. It yeah whatever but like it's it's more so like I valued that car so much but then I realized how good my life really fucking was without it and I was like yeah I do need a car <laughs> like definitely but like I have all of this amazing shit in my life and the one thing that I was the most thankful for was my son and when I picked yeah. him, I picked him up immediately I know he was dead ass asleep I didn't care I picked him up and I gave him a bottle and I just lost it i've never cried harder i've never cried deeper and i've never loved in such a capacity like it blew my mind my eyes were like this when i walked out of there and dylan's like (laughs) felt fucking crazy good didn't it i was like i feel high as fuck (laughs) but me and dylan are like we've rolled seven cars and i'm over here like nobody in my family has had my dad has had one accident my mom has had one my stepmom has had several i've rolled so many vehicles like just because they they were just there for us to trash and you just yeah we could like i was raised to be afraid of driving so like i was always just a super careful driver for most of my life my dad was the dad that like pulled us around like on the inner tube in the snow with the car like you're not supposed to like no matter what and then I was like, okay, it's your turn. And then he'd like want to go hold the kids and do it, right? We'd have to drive. Um, so I want to cover crystals one more time. So crystals, okay. they are, it's like in chakra work, I want to clear the air here. Because okay. very many, there are a lot of cultures and religions across the world that use these tools to help guide them in mm-hmm. their religious experience. This is not a religious experience to me. I am not worshiping a god. I am simply yeah. using tools that were found on this earth to help guide me through my life. Yeah. And I'm trying to basically siphon the energy from it. And because like Dylan and I were kind of like arguing with it. Like I had to figure out if I was an atheist. And I was like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe that there ever was a God. I don't think there's going to be one. There's just not that. And then he's like, but you use crystals so you believe in a bigger being and i'm like no i don't i just believe that it it was fucking created on this planet and then we all have an interconnectivity yeah we're all literally made out of carbon dude (laughs) hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen everything is made out of carbon hydrogen oxygen and nitrogen it just makes sense that like 
we all intercommunicate. Like, we all after we're done recording, actually, let's just do it now. Yeah. We'll do it on the air. I was going to say, my favorite thing to do is I take my citrine and sunstones, I cleanse them in the sun every day, and then I like to put them uh, <laughs> under my breasts in my, my bra, and I literally Hold feel... And tell me if you feel... Hold your palm out like this, and tell me if you feel anything. Well, yeah, my thumb immediately and my finger immediately were pulled in. Whoa. I feel it right here, and I feel it right here, and it feels like something's getting pulled out. Like, I feel like... I mean, you my... saw my fingers. They just immediately curl yeah. in. So this is the seven chakra stone, and it's it's a pyramid stone, so yes. it's supposed to help direct. Yeah. Me. I love having uh, pendulums just oh. because when I can't remember in my forefront of my head, but my subconscious knows where I put my shit, and I can ask it... Did I put it oh. here? And it circles in the clockwise saying no. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put it over your here. Fucking mind. And then my subconscious is like, yes, I have you put it a there. rock identifier app that can take a picture and identify it. Look at my collection. And then it tells you all of the properties, how the stone or a crystal or a rock or whatever it yep. is was created, what it was used for, yep. its healing properties. It's so dope. I love That's this awesome. app. That's awesome. You should send me that. Okay, yeah, but it is forty dollars a year. What? A year. I'm just going to get a book. <laughs> right, fine. But I got this because I can't carry my books everywhere with me. That's true. And I'm more apt to look at the app. Than... I need to read more. So I think I am going to get a book that I want to read. So then I'm like, I'm I know I do a little bit of like, I do like 15 to 20 minutes reading um, on those books. The most I've done is my BPD work. Book, like right? I can do a lot of reading in those books because it's like the instructions easy. on the mac and cheese box. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your can't let it go? My can't let it go uh, definitely has to be pride. It's pride month, everybody. Woo! We should have said that at the top of the episode. I'm so sorry. It's okay, <sighs> man. Happy pride, y'all. We've had a lot going on this month. There's oh a lot God. of things well, happening. Well, we got in a car accident immediately. Yeah. So. <laughs> Happy pride. Happy pride. My bruise looked like all the colors of the rainbows from I know. my accident. You guys, I said should, go, to you. You guys should go check out like, uh, Annie's Instagram. I'm I don't think it's on there. on there. It was just Snapchat. Oh. I should have t- saved it. It's a funny one. Um, no, this is my first pride that I'm like out. Um, I mean, I haven't, you know, rolled out the red carpet for anybody and been like, here's your little invitation to my coming out. But I'm, I've come out on this show and I've just let, you know, the, I have a lot of people in my family and a lot of people in my circles that like, you know, they listen to the gossip. So I'm like, if I literally spill the tea, they'll get, they'll, they'll find it. They'll find the tea where they'll find it, where it's spilled. They'll, they'll read the stain. So this is my That's first. Exciting. This is, when, well, congratulations. Well, I don't, I don't know what you say. know. Is, is I it first, congratulations? <laughs> yeah, why not? Happy Pride Month! Yeah, yeah. I got me and Shepard uh, matching Pride shirts, so Sweet. we're gonna go to Pride with y'all. Heck yeah! And uh, party on. I'll meet up with you. The bar crawl like has intermediate times where you can like literally like take off and then come back. And whatnot, yeah, so. I just think I might take him there to do a, a couple of teeny rides. Yeah. And, then just dip, but I wanna I wanna just have the experience, and then also just you know, gotta get the picture. Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were at you were at Pride your very first year, right? And we'll get him a little rainbow uh, picture frame. Oh, oh, it's so good. All right, so my can't let it go is that I have been two months four di- in four days self harm free and yeah. thoughts of suicide free. Hell yeah. Let me say that. That's one I can't really that get over. I, I have the ideation thing where I like repeat to myself, like, I want to die. I want to die. Well, I want to... And then I'm like, I don't deal. want to die. I just the keep The caveat was the accident. 
when the accident happened, I was like, I'm a piece of shit for like days and days and days. But it never got to the point where I wanted to hurt myself or I felt like unaliving myself. And that's that's a game changer. That's a big move for my brain to just be able to sidestep that. That was a fucking car accident. That's good. I'm so proud of myself. Thank God I didn't go crazy because like I just started. I literally just got my meds right. And then I crashed my car. So oh, yeah, no, me and Ellie immediately were like, okay, we're gonna check on Annie. And you started bawling. I was like, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. And Ellie was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And she's <laughs> processing. I'm like, yeah, she, she's not just like, what am I gonna do? You know what I mean? Like you were, you were like, oh fuck. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. After the adrenaline stopped tickling me, I was like, I know the, the, oh. the paramedics were like, do you have any tingling? And I was like, well, I got hit in a bike accident a week ago. So my legs are tingling, <laughs> but I think it's the adrenaline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of all of us, and yeah. I wish I wish Ella could have been here. Uh, they didn't; they weren't able to make it today, but that's all right. We'll have them in sometime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they played a huge freaking role. They and, did good. And I, I feel like, <laughs> especially my dad. I don't know. I feel like the little piece of our relationship that I felt was broken because, like, it got a little stronger. We, we all bonded. It, it kind of got meshed back together a little right. bit, and like. I don't know. I feel like we both trust each other a little more now. Oh, yeah. Even though I crashed the car. <laughs> <laughs> we all know where we are on the playing table. <laughs> all the cards got flipped up. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I'm just glad that. So Monday or Sunday, my car should be delivered here. I can't believe I'm buying a car on the Internet, not looking at it and then getting it delivered. I have seven days to return it if I don't like it. So... That's cool. I'm like Dylan will put all through all the loops and hoops. No offense, and but Dylan doesn't know shit compared to what I fucking know about Subarus these days because I've had one, and also he doesn't know anything about buying cars because I mm. used to be a car dealer. I didn't know you sold yeah, cars. I sold cars for a whole year. Oh. So like, I got dicked around by a bunch of old dudes in leather jackets who thought I was too stupid, and I ended up giving up. But I did learn everything I needed to know about pricing for vehicles see i could never so. sell cars because i would be getting in so many fights i'd be all like you will not disrespect me I, the reason i quit was mostly because like when they didn't want the car i just didn't care to try and convince them yeah i don't want to sell things <laughs> i was literally 20 years old and i just needed a job you know it was post uh it was it was when obama was president yep. and like all the fucking housing and yeah so like we were i was working two jobs i was working a dick and i was, I was working, working two jobs when i was in high school <laughs> yeah those are rough times anyway all right y'all don't forget to check in on instagram and follow and subscribe and like and all the things at annie are you okay podcast we're on spotify and apple don't make or leave us a review if you like the show man please like let us know how we're doing um, and then, you know, we're on Twitter at A-A-Y-O podcast, all caps. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.